0: How is everybody doing? This is going to be a very chill and brief conversation because the podcast is coming up on 2 million downloads. It's going to happen in August of 2020, and I'd like to do a giveaway to say thank you. We'll talk a little bit today about how the show got to 2 million downloads, what that means. I'll talk about the giveaway. It's very, very simple to enter, and you can enter it once a day, every day in August of 2020. I'll tell you about the prize pack, the milestone, and then I'll let you out of here. This giveaway is sponsored by Lily's. Now, Lily's is a new sponsor that you'll begin to hear about in October. They make chocolate that's got less sugar. It's botanically sweetened. Certified gluten free, fair trade certified, non GMO ingredients, absolutely delicious chocolate. When they contacted me about sponsoring the show, I had them send me a big box of a lot of different things and uh, it was good. So I thought, okay, you can be a sponsor. There are plenty of people looking for less sugar so they can have everyday indulgences. And I thought, you know what? Let's do it. Let's let Lily's into the family. So again, you'll start hearing about lilies in October. You can find them at lilies.com if you want to take a look now, but hang out till uh October because there'll be uh discount codes that you guys will be able to use if you're interested. Anyway, lilies will be part of the prize pack for this giveaway. And that prize pack includes. So that prize pack includes a big gathering of Dexcom swag, Lily's chocolate. I think they're going to send six big bars. A touched by type one swag pack, a bold with insulin sweatshirt, the one that has the signs and symptoms of type one diabetes on the back and a free 30 minute consultation with CDE extraordinaire. Yes, that's right. Jenny Smith a free 30-minute consultation with Jenny Smith. And there's probably going to be more. Some of my contacts are on vacation. So when I come up with more, more goes in. One winner gets everything, unless you live outside of the United States. And then that winner will get Jenny, not like carnally, you'll just get the call with her. And then I'll redraw until I find a U.S. winner who will get all the prize pack stuff and Jenny Smith. Again, not Jenny. Physically, you get to talk to her. Okay. This is like, like I said, this is going to be really chill. I'm sitting back in my chair, just trying to remember my time with uh, my type one blog, Arden's Day, and how it kind of morphed into a blog with a podcast. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Obviously, my daughter was diagnosed in 2006 with type 1 diabetes. If you listen, uh, you know that. She was two years old at the time. The following year, on the anniversary of her diagnosis, I found myself compelled to do something for people living with type 1 diabetes, and I'm sure that many of you have that feeling. I tried to raise some money for a type 1 organization that year, after her diagnosis, and I raised about $1,500. It was a lot of work, and I remember getting finished and just thinking, like, the work I put in was not equal to what I got back out of it. I wanted more money for this research, right? So the next year, I wanted to do something bigger and better, and that took me to Arden's anniversary. So January comes around. I start thinking about it. I got to do something different in 2007, and I'm picking around trying to figure out what to do. I find this little app on my, my computer. I have an Apple computer, and I find this app called iWeb, and it talks about how you can write things and put those things on the internet. So this is a long time ago, obviously, and I thought, okay, I'll try this. I'll do, you know, kind of say the things that I was saying to people on phone calls trying to raise money. I'll say them here, and then I can just email them this link, and obviously, this is not a not an idea that sounds crazy now in 2020, but in 2007, it, it was a little odd, and I did that, and I realized that the link would need content, so I started writing about what was happening to Arden, you know, around type 1 diabetes, but... I mostly focused on me, the caregiver of a person with type 1 diabetes. I started sending out these stories to people. And then, you know, sort of at the end of the story, I'd say something like, you know, you can make a donation to this organization. And that worked. I raised more money. Uh, Not a lot more, but more. And about a month into the process, you know, I should tell you. Excuse me. I should tell you how I sent out the links. I took my email address book, which probably had 500 people in it, and I just cold emailed them one day, seven o'clock in the morning. This is an explanation of a day with diabetes. You're going to get a link every time we do something with Arden. No one asked for it. It was completely ignorant to do, but I didn't have another pathway. So, you know, first thing in the morning, we pre-bowl us a meal, test her, I write up a little blurb about it, put it on this blog, which I didn't even think of as a blog, it was just this place where my words ended up on the internet, and I sent the link, and I wish you could see the link, 9,000 characters long with percent signs in it, it's not the internet that you know today, and people clicked on it a little bit. And then, you know, an hour later, Arden needed to be tested and she didn't have enough insulin for her food. So I gave her more and there was another update and I broke down a day with diabetes. Well, by noon or one o'clock, I thought I can't keep, I just can't keep bugging these people who, by the way, did not ask for this all day. And so I just said to them, look, I'm going to continue to update this site. You can check on it if you want, but I'm not going to bother you any longer. And some people did. But to my knowledge, I hadn't reached anyone who had type 1 diabetes. I really, I'm I'm positive that I had not. But lo and behold, a month later, I get an email that I don't have anymore. I wish I would have thought to keep it uh, from a mother living in England. And she tells me that my blog, my type 1 diabetes blog, is really helping her and her daughter. Well, that was weird to me because I did not think I had a type 1 diabetes blog. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I ever considered what a blog was. And I definitely never considered that it would reach past these 500 people that I emailed it to. But it did, and I don't know how. The pathway that that took is a an absolute mystery to me today. How did those 500 people end up telling somebody about this thing. But really, moreover, how did that information leave the United States and go to England? That really captured my imagination. Anyway, this this mother, after thanking me, she offered me support in return. She said, if I can never do anything to make this easier for you, please let me know. That was striking to me uh, and definitely unexpected. So I kind of armed with that idea, continued on and and wrote for a long time. Now, for those of you who don't know about how the internet works sort of down deep, there's something called SEO. It's search engine optimization. It's um, the ability for Google and other browsers to actually understand that your content actually exists in the world and serve it up when people do a search. Well, back then, I didn't realize that I was using a platform that was not searchable by browsers. But the, but the blog grew, and it really grew to the point where, I think in its heyday, did I say heyday twice? Well, that was weird. Uh, I think at its height, it was getting about 2 million clicks a year. And one day, um, a pharma company approached me. And they were trying to, I don't know what the hell they were doing, to be honest, back then. But they approached me and they wanted to have a meeting to talk about my blog. Now, we didn't end up doing anything together, but I did go to the meeting. And when I got there, I sat at a table with a lovely woman who I still know to this day. She's really a delightful person who, who cares about people with type 1 diabetes. And she flops down this big manil- uh, manila envelope that has to be no lie like 4 or 5 inches thick on this table. And she says, we've been researching some type 1 diabetes blogs, and I in my heart believed that of course that this Manila envelope 5 inches thick was all of the research for all of the blogs because I didn't know anything about how many blogs there were. I I knew nothing. And I was completely unaware other than this very simplistic counter that I had about how many people had been to my blog. (laughs) And she says, would it surprise you to know that you have the 36th most popular diabetes blog in the world? And I said, "Um, is that out of 37 diabetes blogs? Thinking that, I just couldn't imagine, if you will, that, that anybody was reading it, or that if they were, it was some appreciable amount of people. I was very uh, naive about the entire thing. She says, no, there are 4,000 type 1 diabetes blogs on the planet. Yours is the 36th most popular one, and of people writing about children with diabetes, it was even higher. Well, she was right. It surprised me. Um, I said, yes, that would surprise me very much. And then I don't even remember the rest of the conversation. Like I said, nothing ever came of it. But I guess what did come of that meeting was that I understood better now the reach of the blog. I had never you know, bought an ad or asked anybody to share the blog. But there it was, getting all around the world. So I kept doing that for a long time. I was a very um, raw nerve blogger. Something would happen, and I'd sit right down and write it down. It was like it happened, and I wrote it down, and that was it. And what I would get back from people would be responses like, oh, my God, that happens to us too. And you know, There was this feeling of sameness that I found to be valuable for people. I, I felt it was valuable for me. I figured it must be valuable for them as well. I did that for quite some time. And then someone, a woman named Karen, she's been on the podcast, uh, started something called Diabetes Blog Week, where she'd put out writing prompts, and then people would write to the prompts. And while it was really popular, I didn't like it, because I'd write something to the prompt. And then I'd go read a couple things that other people had written, and I realized we'd all written basically the same story with slightly different details and different names. And so that just made me feel like, well, other people are doing this already. What's the value in me doing it as well? I felt like I was wasting my time. It was, you know, it was, it was a service already being provided by others, and I thought by others better than I was doing it. So I stopped writing on the blog, But not for long because I missed it. But I didn't want to go back to it and just do the same old stuff that I was doing. And that's when it hit me that if I was going to take the time to do this thing, it shouldn't just be comforting for a moment. And I know you guys have heard me say this on the podcast, like, you know, it's valuable to know that at 2 a.m. when you're up with a low blood sugar, that there are other people around the world who are awake as well, stopping their low blood sugar. I mean, there's value in that. But what if I thought, I thought, what if people didn't have to get up at two o'clock in the morning with a low blood sugar? Like, what if this blog actually strove to do more than just connect like a community of people saying it's going to be okay or I understand? What if it really helped them? What if it changed their health? What if it made their lives better, easier, less cumbersome, right? And so I went on a long journey of figuring out what that was. Um, I wasn't doing great with my daughter's diabetes by any stretch. Her A1C was in the eights. It was a, it was a slog every day. And I thought, okay, well, I will, I'll fix Arden's health. And then I'll find a way to explain it to other people. And that took a, a while. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I really started to hit a stride in 2012, maybe, if I'm remembering right. I need a drink. Hold on. I started off thinking that being afraid of insulin was the biggest problem. And I spent six months writing about not being afraid of insulin, which was really more of a writing exercise of me talking myself out of being afraid of it. That was a big step for us. And then I started figuring out more and more things. And I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know what these things are. I don't need to tell you. And one day I started realizing that I could write about it in a way that was informative and that people were able to follow along and kind of mimic It was still difficult. Long blog posts, 600, 700,000 words to explain an idea about pre bolusing or, you know, whatever. But it was valuable and I kept doing it. I watched the blog get more and more popular and started getting more notes from people that the blog was helpful, which always is really sort of at the core of why I'm doing this. I just don't want people to struggle. If it's needless, you know, needless struggle is just, it's sad. So sometime in 2013 ish, I um, was approached by a publisher to write a book and they wanted me to write a book about diabetes and I did not want to do that. I wanted to write a book about being a stay at home dad and I did that. And through the course of promoting the book, I ended up on television, and somebody who interviewed me who was pretty famous told me I was good at talking to people. you probably heard me say this on the podcast. And in the ensuing months and years after that, year after that, I started noticing the blog tailing off, like these, all these clicks were going away. Not disappearing, but it was trending the wrong way, if you know what I mean. And so I talked to a couple of friends who were running blogs that I thought were bigger than mine, and now it turns out, in hindsight, they probably weren't. But I I still asked, are you seeing this? And they all were, seeing these kind of trends away from people reading. And my first kind of visceral thought was, I don't want to lose this connection I have that seems to be helping people. It took me a while to figure out what to do, and I decided I'm going to make a podcast, right? Katie Kirk said, I'm good at talking, I'll talk. I must've spent six months learning about the equipment and getting it together and talking myself into doing it. And the beginning of 2015, I launched this podcast that you're listening to now, the juice box podcast. I didn't know what I was doing. I had some ideas about what the content was going to be that didn't end up working. And I quickly found my footing and started going and I just looked it up. Um, the first full month of the podcast, it's funny, actually. Uh, the first full month of the podcast had 1,536 listens. So download or a stream, somebody listened to an episode. Not even to say that it was one episode. I might have put three or four episodes up, and together they got these 1,500 downloads, right? And I thought, Ugh, that doesn't seem like a lot. Because I was I had my perspective from the blog where... You know the blog was getting 10, 20, sometimes 30,000 clicks a month, and I thought, Oh, 1500, that's uh, that doesn't sound good, you know. But I was enjoying it, and I saw some minuscule growth to the next month, 1700, and I was like, Woo! The next month, 1850, and then ooh, 2397, and then 3500, and then 42, and then all of a sudden. It gets to January of 2016, and there's 6,000 listens. And in my mind, I was like, well, that's like four or five times greater. In 2016, there'd be six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes 10,000 listens a month. And that was like, to me, I was like, wow, I have like almost, you know, eight times greater than last year. Well, 2017 started being 10,000, 15,000 a month, and sometimes it would get into the 20s. That seemed really, really positive to me, but still not overwhelming. I, I, I wasn't like, this is it, you know? I can't tell you because other people are listening, if you know what I mean. I can't tell you how many downloads a month this podcast gets now, but it's a lot more than 20,000. As a matter of fact, in the time it takes you to listen to this, if the podcast isn't downloaded another few hundred times i'd be disappointed that's how much it's grown and if you really think about what i've just said about how the podcast came out of the blog and how the blog grew i mean this podcast doesn't have a marketing budget i'm not a i'm not an entity i'm not a business i'm a guy right i i book the guests i record the shows i edit them i put in the music If I curse, I put in the bleeps, I put in the ads, I put it online, I try to support it with social media, but after that, it's out of my hands. I've released it into the world. And how did 1,500 downloads, I really wish I could tell you how many downloads there were last month, so many, Uh, but how did that multiplier get so big? Well, that answer is you, right? You hear the show, and if it helps you, or if you enjoy it, you tell someone else. It's the same way the lady in England found the blog. It's the only way that things like this really grow. You can buy ads if you want. I mean, I couldn't afford to do it, but you could buy ads. You could hire companies to push. You know, you can... Run around crazy, yelling about the podcast all the time, hoping somebody's going to check it out. But in the end, I have very little control over who hears this show. I only control what they hear if they decide to listen. So it's not a humble brag, but I think I put out a show that is enjoyable and uh, lighthearted, sometimes very serious, but mostly I think it's full of good valuable content. And I think that's why it continues to grow. Well, I think that's why you continue to feel compelled to share the show with someone else. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because the show is at this point, a full-time job. It takes up most of my week every week. And, um, you know, there's ads now and those ads offset my time and, Keep my wife from yelling at me because I'm a 49 year old guy with a podcast. Um, And I appreciate that as well. Really is terrific. So I I hope you guys are getting something out of the show, which I believe you are. And in return, you're helping me get my kid to college. It's not costing us quite as much money uh, as it was in the past. And the podcast stays online. And, you know, I, I pay for all the back end costs of a blog and the podcast and pretty expensive. Computers and audio equipment. This microphone I'm talking into costs $500. Anyway, 2 million total downloads now. And if I told you that most of those downloads were incurred in the last two years. So the first three years of the podcast was growth. Not really numbers that you could get super excited about. A bushel of those 2 million have come in the last 24 months. And if I'm right, we will be celebrating 3 million pretty, well, a lot quicker than we got to 1 million for certain, and probably faster than we got from 1 million to 2 million. And I don't have a lot here to say thank you with, but I can put a little giveaway together for you. So you're going to go to juiceboxpodcast.com to enter the giveaway. At the top of the page, there'll be a link that says 2 millionth. um, And I'll put a direct link in here for you. And you'll click on it. It'll tell you a little bit about the giveaway. It'll say thank you. And it'll give you an opportunity to enter the giveaway. It's going to begin at midnight on August 1st and end at midnight at the end of August. You can enter it once a day. The more entries you have, the more likely you are, I mean, statistically to be chosen randomly because it's, you know, the app does a random choosing, but I don't want to ask you and I wouldn't ask you to do anything to enter the giveaway, right? So you don't have to follow me on Instagram. You don't have to follow me on Twitter. You don't have to follow the Facebook page. You don't have to tell somebody else and prove to me that you told them. You don't have to anything. I'm not, I'm not asking you to do anything. You've already done it. This is the thank you, right? It's, I wish it was bigger. I wish it was more. So this is just a way for me to hopefully give one of you this stuff and to say thank you to every one of you and to let you know that if it was within my power, I would, I forget this stuff. I'd, I'd come to each of your homes and give you a hug if I could. I mean, if you wanted one, but I just don't know another way to say thank you. Because every day, every day I get a note in the mail. Do you guys remember at the beginning when I said this was going to be brief? I'll get a note by email, message through Instagram, Facebook messages, all different ways, really. I get notes from people whose lives are better today than they were yesterday and they have a real expectation that they're going to be even better tomorrow. People who are seeing their A1Cs fall, one and two points, their time and range is amazing. You know, the way they handle all of the aspects of type 1 diabetes has just changed for them. Um, I don't have some super collection of these emails anywhere, right? But if I go to my email right now and just do a simple search for stuff that comes in through the blog. Scott, my daughter had her first endo appointment post diagnosis, and her A1C was 6.2. I just wanted to share the results with you so that you know that the podcast has changed our world. That was yesterday. Here's the day before. Scott, I wanted to make sure that you saw my story. My daughter's doing so well. Uh, it's the day before that. Hi, I'm a nurse practitioner in a hospital in Boston. I listen to your podcast and I think the tips are great. I work with inpatients and outpatients and diabetes management tips are so helpful. Um, Scott, I saw a story online about a woman and her daughter, I think would be great for the podcast. Hey Scott, I want to say thank you for the podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I think a lot like you do in terms of diabetes management, my son. Anyway, thank you. I could do this all day. I could make this recording nine hours long. We saw our endo last night on Tuesday. My son's A one C is five point now. Thank you. Five point nine. Thanks for helping us to keep him healthy. And not just alive. This one is so long. It's lovely. It's just it's, it's gotta be hundreds of words long. If I jumped over to Instagram, I could do the same thing. And again, it's just it's you guys, right? If I make this podcast and nobody hears it, it doesn't exist. You know, I can't reach people. Everyone who emailed me, I don't know them. Everyone who sends a message and I don't know, you know them. And that's how it continues to grow. So thank you. Thank you for helping me to help people. Thank you for continuing to support the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for telling someone about the podcast. That's it. I really appreciate it. It makes me, I get the chills thinking about all of you doing better. Uh, But I get more chills thinking about more people doing better. So 2 million is nice. 4 million would be better. 4 million would be nice. 10 million would be better. This podcast has over 350 episodes and there are, well over one and a half million people living with type 1 diabetes just in the United States. When you stop and think about 2 million, when you think about those numbers, 2 million's nothing. Right? It's statistically unimportant based on how many people are living with type 1 and using insulin every day and probably using it wrong and struggling and getting low and hating their lives feeling unwell, so let's try to find all of them let's try to make everyone feel as good as you do or at the very least if you're not to the part where you feel that good yet and you feel really confident you're getting there let's give other people that hope juiceboxpodcast.com click on two million at the top of the page there's a link in the show notes to the direct link enter away i'd love to send you this stuff uh, that's it really. I didn't plan on any of this happening. I didn't start that blog so that it would become huge. I didn't start the podcast so that it would get to 2 million. But now that I see what it can do, I think I have a real responsibility to keep it going. And, um, I just really appreciate all of your help. Okay. Well, I hope that wasn't a bummer. Um, bum, bum, bum. What else I got to tell you here? Oh, yeah. Lilies.com. Uh Thank Lily's uh, new sponsor of the show. They're going to come on in October and start telling us about their chocolate. I made some chocolate chip cookies with Lily's chocolate the other day. They were good. Um, I think most of their stuff is sweetened with stevia. And for those of you who love that, I think Lily's taste is is kind of out of this world. Um, I've tried a lot of other stuff that was sweetened with Stevia, and I've not been knocked over by a lot of it. But uh, chocolate lovers who do not want the sugar are, uh, are going to like this. So hold tight till October. Like I said, don't spend your money without the coupon code. But thanks to... And by the way, Lily, sorry, I just told people not to come yet. Yeah, but that's not the point. They deserve the coupon code. Um, and thanks to... Omnipod, the first sponsor of the Juicebox podcast, not just the first sponsor, a sponsor that came on when I had 1,500 downloads a month. I ever tell you about this story? I thought we were done, huh? I used to write for Omnipod. They had a blog. I think they still have it. And um, is it weird to hear someone drink on mic? I'm sorry was contacted at the beginning of a new year. We want to talk about which direction you want to go writing on our blog. And I said, "Uh, I don't want to write on your blog anymore. I said, I'm going to make a podcast. It's going to help people. So they're going to be healthier. They're going to understand how to use their insulin better. This podcast is going to be, it's going to be important to them. I can't promise that anyone's going to hear it yet, but I need some money to float me while I get it off the ground. So I don't want to write for your blog. I want you to buy ads on my podcast. My podcast with no listeners that I haven't even started yet. That I was able to give them 1,500 downloads in the first year every month. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Omnibot. Thinking of one person specifically there who um, really heard what I was saying when most people did not understand or definitely didn't want to get involved in something that had, you know, no listeners, but, uh, we're smiling now. And in large part due to the fact that Omnipod was willing to put these ads on this show before it was a show. I had to be able to look at my wife and tell her I was making a little bit of money, right? There's a lot of effort that was going into this. So Omnipod, you guys are the founder of the feast. You really are. Thank you so much. You make an amazing insulin pump. My the forward slash juice box. Go get a free demo right now. If you love this podcast, get that demo. There's links in the show notes. Then who came on next? Dexcom. I think Dexcom was next. Um, that was huge. Dexcom is the gold standard in glucose monitors, just as I believe that Omnipod is the gold standard in insulin pumps and to have two giants in this space say we you know we want to sponsor your show It's amazing. it really is So Dexcom and Omnipod, and we're chugging along for a while with them as the sponsors and then suddenly, touched by Type one approaches me and says, "You know, we're a small org." Trying to get the word out, we can't afford these ads, but is there something we can afford? And I said, I could try mentioning your show, or I could try mentioning your organization, like just a little mention, not the whole ad. I was like, it wouldn't be fair to the advertisers if I gave you as much space as they had. So I did that. And from what I hear from Touch by Type 1, they now hear from people all over the world with Type 1 diabetes that amazing from a podcast? Like, I, I guess maybe at this point I should stop being amazed by it, but I still am really stunned. Well, then a meter company approached me. We want to buy ads on your program. And I said, um, oh, geez, I don't really use that meter. My daughter doesn't use that meter. and It's not the best meter as far as I know. So I basically cold called the best meter that I knew. And I said, listen, I'm being offered ads by a meter company, but I wish it was you. And that started some conversations. And now Contour Next One is an advertiser on the podcast. And the meter my daughter's been using forever, and it's fantastic. So accurate and easy to carry. The test strips are great. You hear me talking about it all the time. But that's how they got here. They looked up and they said, okay, we'll give it a shot. And now here they are. Lily's is coming on are going to start doing some stuff for the T1D exchange, right? They do this amazing research for people with type one diabetes, but they have trouble reaching people with type one diabetes. And it's, it's going to be stuff like you just fill out a like an online form. I don't know. It takes like 10 minutes and then you're helping their research and I'm going to help them get the word out the next time that they, um, that they need participants. That's amazing. I remember when I was just trying to make some money to help research, and now I have something, this podcast, it's so powerful that it can help research. I can't believe that. It's exciting. I, I, that hasn't been talked about yet on the show. It'll, it'll be soon. But it'll be that easy. Like, you'll just click on a link, answer some questions, and you'll support the podcast and type 1 diabetes research just from, the, from your phone, from your desk. Just easy. And um, keeping in line with technology around diabetes that I find to be cutting edge and really where you should be if you're looking, I don't know if I can announce this or not yet, but I probably can. Jivoke is going to be a sponsor on the show pretty soon. You know, that glucagon is glucagon, and it works, and it's easy to use, and comes in this amazing hypo pen and everything, but... That's about that's about just a sliver of why Gvoke is very exciting. That company figured out how to make glucagon liquid and stable. Last for 2 years in that pen. Just think about the think about what you can do with that. Everybody's lives are going to be changed by that. Anyway, I am proud to have the gold standard advertisers in diabetes on this show. And they're here. They're here because I mean, you know, we reach people, but you should know that when I'm having these conversations with them about buying these ads, putting ads on the show, I tell them all the time that this podcast is to help people living with type one diabetes. And I will never let you do anything that stops me from doing that. You make a request to me that I think hurts these people. It's not happening. I'm doing my best over here to make a good podcast to stick up for all of us, my daughter and your daughter and your husband and everybody. I'm trying my best here. I think it's going pretty well. Mm, I said I was going to stop like 10 minutes ago. This is interesting. All right. Well, I know there are plenty of ways for you to spend your entertainment time and uh every time you put your headphones in or jump in your car or go for a walk or do the laundry or go to the grocery store and choose to listen to the juice box podcast you are um you're doing me a real solid and i appreciate it there's no way around it i appreciate it way more than words can can say and way more than a sweatshirt and a conversation with jenny smith is going to say thank you for it. but hopefully that'll help all right guys um I love you all, I really do. I'm Scott. This is the Juice Box Podcast. This episode will stay online through October of 2020. It will disappear after that, so that you don't have to download it needlessly. Uh, so that new listeners don't download it needlessly after the after the giveaway is over. I think that's it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening.